This week, we begin out west in the town of Mountain Home, where three generations of sadistic killers lie in wait for their next victim to pass through town. We then head a few hours east to Bryan, Texas, where a violent murder complete with countless suspects and mounting evidence still remains unsolved. Welcome to episode 24 of Texas 1031. We have the same backpack. Really? Except mine is... Black. Actually, it's beige with the brown. Yeah. I'm surprised. I know. My dad got it for me. Oh, I wanted well, there you go. the color you have, I think. Dad's with the beige. Yeah, it's it's lasted a minute. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> they tend to do that. They, they, Herschel's a good brand. Yeah, I spent now, 75 fucking dollars on it. It better. Every fucking scene kid and wannabe gangster kid in high school wears Herschel now. Really? Mm-hmm. I, seen I just lot. thought it was a really sturdy backpack, and it had, like, a foamy part inside that I could yeah. keep my computer from being chucked across my car when I drive. can yeah go what welcome welcome (laughs) what 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 what? (laughs) yay so welcome to episode 22 24 holy moly we're a quarter of the way to 100 i think we at this rate we'll probably reach 100 by october i don't know how to do that kind of math i feel like we wouldn't have if we had kept going with every other week yeah, that's pretty well. obvious. <laughs> okay, I'll do the math at some point, and we'll see if our anniversary episode is also our 100th episode, okay. so that would be fucking cool. <laughs> so, what orders of business do we have before we get on to gruesome, terrible things? Um, uh, do you want to talk about the the thing that everyone's talking about? Oh, the, uh, I don't know, some murder yeah, that was that found guy. in California? Yeah, that yeah. one. Okay. Is it California? Yeah. yeah, he was found in uh, Citrus Heights, yeah, yeah, I believe. Yeah. yeah, I think you're probably right. I don't know. We can look it up later. It's fine. I definitely <laughs> want to talk about how I want myself and everyone I know to put our DNA into fucking... It's not... It was some other genealogy site. Oh, we're talking about side. the Golden State Killer, everyone. Oh, yeah. Welcome, way, welcome to this true crime show <laughs> where uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to catch up on everything that's been happening in and the world. And we know that everyone else has probably listened and read and did all the things yes. that in regards to the Golden State Killer, but we can still talk about it because it's our podcast. Yes. We don't need to dig deep into it or anything. Everyone knows it has happened and it's Very fantastic yes. and super excited and yeah, just amazing. But yeah, the genealogy say it was one that links, I, I read something about it today, but I was walking, so I wasn't paying too much attention to it, but it was basically a site that you upload your DNA to, and it can link you not only to that site, but to other sites. So it's a broader search, and basically once a match was f- linked to the GSK's DNA that the police had partially uploaded into something similar, mm-hmm. or like the FBI thing, 
They the actually thing. subpoenaed the website to get them to release the person's name and I mean, the I feel like you kind of have to yeah. for personal information. Yeah, and people are freaking out now about like how our DNA is being used and blah blah blah. Like, I think if my DNA was used to catch a serial killer, I'd be one hundred percent okay. Take my DNA. Do I mean, whatever you want with it. Those are the people that are against, therefore, you know, individual rights instead of like public rights and stuff like that. So. Right. And I understand that to a certain yes. extent, but this is like kind of a big thing. Yeah, I feel like like people are saying a little... it's a slippery slope, and it but, is. But it... I feel like maybe in a situation similar to this, like the DNA has pinged a suspect yeah. or pinged who would be related to the suspect for this. Like I feel like cases like that should be special. Mm-hmm. And should warrant the police and the government getting involved. And then other, like, it's only that. Like, you know? So I don't know. I don't know how you break that down. But. Yeah. But I think that's super cool. And yeah. Brennan and I got in, like, kind of an argument about it. Just because he was like, well, isn't that illegal the way they did that? And I just shut him down. Because I was like, no. No. They caught him. And it's going to stick. <laughs> like, I was so... I was bratty about it because I was so, like, fucking happy that this happened. And I was like, no, whatever the police had to do, it's fine. I don't care whose rights they infringed on. Well, and it's <laughs> one guy's rights versus 50-plus people who were raped yep. and murdered. So yep. I don't know if that kind of helps perspective-wise. I think Brennan. so. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of Golden State Killer, Cassie has some news. Yay! So I have fun, fun stuff. Um, I was... I mean, both of us were over the moon excited when this happened. We were texting back and forth all day. And I had this idea because I work for a brewery. Um, I Obviously, I work for Raw and Sons out of Fort Worth. Like, I think I've mentioned that a few mm-hmm. times. But um, I thought that this could be a cool way to mix my business life and my pleasurable life by putting together kind of a pint <laughs> night. I, I was hoping you would let that go, but I... It was no. a slim chance. <laughs> I'm like, that makes sense, but no. No. <laughs> Normal life and work life. Exactly. That's the phrase I should have used. <laughs> but um, by mixing a pint night for my brewery, where my brewery will be featured, will make money, you know, all the stuff that normal that happens during a normal pint night, um, but also mix it with celebrating that the Golden State Killer has been caught. Mm-hmm. And then also tying in Texas 1031. And I thought, how can we do that? So what happened is I posted, if you are also on the Murderinos of Houston page, you probably saw this post, um, basically asking if anyone on there was already a bar manager somewhere. And so they could, you know, meet with me and we could discuss an event. And one of the sweet people on there said her husband owns the Phoenicia Specialty Foods in downtown Houston, um, kind of by the George R. Brown Convention Center on Austin Street. And they have a really cool bar inside called Market Bar. It's MKT Bar. Um, so we'll post all this information um, on our Facebook, on our Twitter. I'm going to make an event page through my brewery. Um, but basically, on June 27th, which is a Wednesday night, um, during their vinyl night, like a bring your own vinyl thing, We will be meeting there. Um, Texas 1031 will have a table. We'll have cool, special, branded surprise stickers um, for you if you come. My brewery will be providing pint glasses. There will be four beers on tap from my brewery um, during this event. I believe they're doing a happy hour. I think it's $6 for one of my beers or $8 for a flight. Um... So the event starts at 7, goes till 10. At 8 o'clock, we will do a toast, you know, just fucking celebrating that this guy is 
mm-hmm. fucking caught. Um, but yeah, so in Texas 1031, we will be there. I am going to be wearing two hats. So Hannah will be taking over the podcast for that night. Um, we'll be... I just have one hat. Yeah, she just has one. Just one. I have two because I still will have to work that <laughs> night. But I'm hoping like 50 or 60 or 70 people come and this is a huge success and I can start a true crime pint night series and we're celebrating across the state. Like ending the backlog as yes, well. Correct? That's what we're going to fundraise yeah. for. So we're going to um, contact one of the organizations that donates money specifically to ending the backlog because we feel like Michelle would have really cared about that cause. Mm. She probably did. Um, and so Everyone should. that is going to be Texas 1031's role at this event, fundraising for that. Um, and then, of course, you know, it's going to be like a meetup type situation. Mm-hmm. And for Murderinos, for anyone who wants to come drink some good beer, celebrate that this monster was caught and the end of a – I'm not going to say it. We'll yeah, wait no. for the stickers. Yeah, there you go. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be super fun. I feel like I talked forever about it just now. So No, no, no. Anything it's to important. add? So if we, or if we, uh, we will make all of the social media announcements. Mm-hmm. So if you guys have any questions or you want to stay updated, we will keep you all updated through that um, as it you know gets closer and so on and so forth. So we just want to let you guys know now. Yeah. And if anything changes, we'll keep you in the loop yeah and if this is a really successful event and you know the feedback is really good from it and the bar is really happy because we really want to support this bar and patronize Mm -hmm. them the entire night as well um but if this becomes a thing my territory is all south positive way <laughs> not in the negative way. Not yeah, not in the negative way. Um, but my territory is all of South Texas, so I could plan similar events. Maybe not even celebrating GSK, but just true crime themed events in Austin and San Antonio and <laughs> San Marcos and Corpus, like all over the state. Mm-hmm. So, if you're in Houston or the surrounding areas, definitely mark your calendars for June 27th and yes. come out and party with us. It'll be a lot of fun. Indeed. Tell your friends, even though they're, if they're not true crime people, or even if they don't know who, what's his face, who cares, his yeah. name, um, is invite them. Exactly. Because this event will definitely be open to all. Like, f- depending on how many people respond to the event page, I'll gauge how many pint glasses I need to bring to the event um, through my brewery. But... It's to, a free event, but you yeah, just pay for your beer. Exactly. You yeah. pay for your beer. You get a free Raw and Sons pint glass while supplies last. And <laughs> it's, you know, that's, so yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone is welcome because it's fantastic beer. Yes. And we'll have four different styles. So every palate will be pleased. I'm going to stop self-promoting. Pleasurable. <laughs> uh, so speaking of events, I went to the um, Texas meetup last Saturday. Yeah. And I was mortified because not being there, well, I was kind of mortified being there, but um, I didn't know that everyone was calling it the Texas Podocalypse. Oh, yeah. I called it the Texas Podcalypse. Like, I thought it was like a combined word, like of podcast and apocalypse. Yeah, like, wait. Pod took the place Pod-clips. of pop. You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, that's how I was pronouncing it then. Me too. Yeah. Podcalypse, not Podocalypse. I thought that the. Because apocalypse is pod, already pod, the pod, pod was pod taking clips. place of pod. No, so, I definitely see what you mean, and I agree. It's yeah, because we've been saying that, and you never corrected me. So I was like, "All right, that's this is how you do it." Yeah. But then everyone was saying podocalypse. So that's true. I felt like an asshole. I could see how Got that works. Head. But I was also like, "Wait a minute, whatever. It doesn't matter." But yes. I just <laughs> sorry for the mis 
whatever it's fine so it was fun you enjoyed it yeah yeah it was good it's always i i've I've felt bad that i couldn't go so this will be our houston event that we're doing yeah and you know like it'll it'll make up for no one speaking to me there yeah yeah Yeah. i'm not gonna make anyone feel uncomfortable no it's fine um (laughs) you don't have any recommendations no uh no you want to think about it for a minute I'll probably pop one right, into rotation, but I really don't pop. think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm fine today. Um, so we have PayPal. If you yeah. want to donate to the PayPal, the link we will be in the thing. It. Yeah, we'll just keep talking the about it. The link will be in the thing. In the thing. Um, well, yeah, re- yeah. ready to start the murders? I am ready, yes. All right, so this murder. I don't even like the case that I chose, to be perfectly honest with you. I do but I do like it, but I'm, like, disappointed, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it makes me, like, really angry. Okay. Um, if I had, like, more time to research it and have more resources for it, then maybe I would have liked it more. But I don't know. I felt like I got enough out of it, but I just still – it's just, like, kind of frustrating to – whatever. Um, I'm just indifferent. It's a <laughs> major bummer all the way around. Aren't they always? Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of thought I had decided on my cases. I had two child murders, but I switched it to this one last minute because it was still interesting, even though it was still frustrating. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, God, I was not ready for two child murders no, in a row. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of them was like a mom and two kids. Oh. So it wasn't just like just a kid. So sad. In turn, I went to Google, did my whole regular like Texas City search with the mur- word murder behind it, mm-hmm. and found what articles would call... The real Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh. Right. Ooh, okay. I was immediately interested because none of y'all know me, but I'm a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan mm-hmm. or a franchise fan. Um, like Thomas Hewitt, Leatherface. He's my dream man. <laughs> Favorite fictional Hollywood killer. I have like graphic novels. I have figurines. I have a tattoo of Hello Kitty as Thomas Hewitt or Leatherface, whatever. Yes, she does. I'll post a picture of it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, of course, I was initially pretty interested being a fan of the movies. I assumed the crime would be pretty similar. Um, I personally have never seen it listed on any true crime podcast, like as an episode that they do or anything. I did that with a couple of mine, too. Yeah, because so. I, I, I figured it would be because it's kind of a thing. But I didn't find any news stories or like anything like popped up in whatever so yay lucky um, us i hope it's interesting for everyone because just because i haven't heard of it or cassie hasn't heard of it doesn't mean that it means anything so <laughs> hopefully it's not boring so i had originally looked up the town of um maynard menard maynard menard m-e-n-a-r-d google was showing me links to a town called mountain home texas okay. mountain home texas yes never heard of that no because you know why it's 96 people Oh, okay. It's literally a ranch and a post office. So this is the story of the Texas slave ranch in the 1980s. No. Okay. And by slaves, I don't mean African-Americans. Right. But. So. Okay. Clear that one up. Have you heard of it? No. Now that I think say it. More. No. It just sounds really gnarly. Right. Yeah. A it. ranch of slaves. <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, gnarly, man. Fun fact that we can reflect on after you hear this story is that when I went to look up the town population, like I said, it's only 96 people and the website of the town, I just wanted to get like a vibe to see if like even their website mentioned anything about this kind of thing. (laughs) And it didn't. It said, quote, the area hosts a summer camp, the Hill Country Cowboy Camp Meeting for young Christians looking to strengthen their faith, share their love of God and renew friendships. It is a great Christian family, emphasis on family, environment for those interested. Cult. Yeah, interested in getting murdered. Yeah. Like, 
sure as shit, like, they don't have that on their website. So. Murder cult. Well, it's not a cult, but it is a family of killers. Uh, okay. Just like Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, like, so yeah. It's, it's all real. All right, so 1984. Authorities would receive a tip leading police to the property of Walter Wesley Elbracht Sr. So double fucking forensic files Jesus because Christ. it's Walter Wesley. And I don't know how to say that last name. And he's a senior. Wait, I don't know. Wesley or yeah. Les- Wes- Wesley. <laughs> oh, oh, Wesley, Wesley is the Wesley, name. whatever. I'm thinking like Wesley. Like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Elbracht, like E-L-L-E-B-R-A-C-H-T. Elbracht? Is that right? Elbracht? It probably is, but that's not Elbracht? a fucking name. Oh, no, whatever. <laughs> Um, so it was him, Walter Sr., Walter Jr., his wife, Joyce, and their young son, Walter the Third, who went by Wes. Oh, my. Okay. So Walter Sr., Walter Jr., Joyce, and Walter the Third. Trey. But it should be Trey, but it's Wes. Whatever. Uh, the family, like I said before, would reside in the town of Mountain Home, which is close to Kerrville, which is close to Austin. Okay. So if that puts anything in, into perspective for people. So the family was very um, hill country, hills have eyes, hillbilly type shit, okay? Nice. Just, that's immediately my the picture in my mind. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's even better. I love the hills have eyes. Um, they lived on an almost 4,000 square foot ranch. The family would make keychains at their home, sell, or they would come into town and sell them uh, to like miscellaneous stores in the area, along with uh, their other moneymaker, which was chopping down lumber and selling it in San Antonio. Um, Not bad trades. Yeah. But I'll just wait. Uh, People would recall seeing the family and the workers on the farm barefoot and dirty walking around town and selling their goods. Oh. Others would state that after purchasing one of the – this is like just one instance, but still it was kind of insane. They purchased one of the keychains and they would actually see the word help carved (gasps) into the wood. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, People kind of viewed them as like the town joke, but they also kind of seemed to pity them. Um, And that'll kind of come into play later. Uh, Local businesses would actually buy their keychains in bulk and then turn around and just sell them for like more profit in their stores. Mm -hmm. So I think that people thought they were like a nice family, but I guess they were kind of the equivalent to like that weird guy at your job that like you think is going to come back and murder everyone. So you're nice to them. Yeah. That's what that family was. Spot on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously. Oh, geez. So when Texas police raided the family's ranch, they found five men and one woman in the ranch's barn. They all claimed that they had been brought there to the property with the promise of a hot meal. But when when they got there, they were forced to uh, make cedar keychains for the family business, as well as to endure endless mental and physical torture. Wow. Left all to freeze, all chained together in the barns and bunkhouses in the <gasps> oh winter, and left to survive in the same conditions during the Texas summer heat. According to just the ranch records that were uh, taken as evidence, at least 75 people had been employed there at one time or another. I don't, I personally wouldn't take too much stock into like their record keeping right. capabilities, but regardless, one of these supposed 75 captives uh, had eventually escaped and alerted the authorities, triggering the descent upon the property. So, 75 at one time, so we're left at to assume like, they died. Uh, well, I don't know. We don't know. Okay. We I that's why I was like annoyed that I couldn't find more on this yeah. because I just don't know. Okay. So I don't know if they were all buried somewhere. I don't know if they found more bodies. I don't know if they let them go. I don't know. Oh, so supposedly seventy five people at least worked there at one point in time. Carlton Caldwell, forensic files, would be hired in nineteen eighty four and eventually become the ranch's foreman. 
uh, before making it to his higher up position, he was just a worker in the field. And then he worked in the main residence as well, where <clears throat> he worked on Walter Sr.'s latest plan, his job, whatever, or uh, business, a tile reprocessing machine that could be operated by blind people. Okay. As you do, you know? Sure. Uh, this is kind of where it starts getting rough. So one of Carlton's first memories of the ranch was when he watched in horror as the family used the cattle prod on a handcuffed man who had disrespected a family member. The man groveled in the dirt, begged for mercy, and afterward was actually allowed to leave the property, though in the end he decided to stay. Whoa, brainwashing. Exactly. Wow. Despite his first impression of the family and the torture scene inflicted on the workers, Carlton himself would uh, allegedly begin to take part in the strange pastime. Two years later, 1986, Carlton, Joyce, Walter Sr., and Jr., and a few other ranch hands would be arrested for the obscene activities done on the ranch because of Travis Boyd, the man who had managed to get away from the ranch. So I think maybe I switched up the dates. So, no, 1984. And then now rated? they got raided in 1986. Oh, okay. So I thought I maybe like they were arraigned in 1986 or something. No, no, no. Okay. This, the articles, <laughs> the information started in 84 and then they got arrested in 86. So sorry okay. for the confusion. All right. So Travis, a 38-year-old construction worker from Las Vegas, was hitchhiking when Walter Sr. picked him up and offered him a job on his ranch. So sidebar, I literally just listened to a small town murder episode where pretty much the same thing happens. Mm. And it was just super weird. And then I watched an episode of this like ID channel or the ID channel uh, had like this series on and it was the same thing. Oh, my God. So I don't know what's in the water on these ranches, but people need to stop picking up people and stop and hitchhiking. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Oh, not to victim blame, but just don't. no, no, no. Yes. Just protect yourself. <laughs> right. um, so anyway, Travis stayed the night. After he was picked up, uh, but he decided he wanted to leave the next day. I don't know if he got weird vibes or what, but before he could exit the property, Walter uh, and then Walter Jr., Joyce, and some of the other ranch hands approached him heavily armed. Uh, he was then chained to two other men and was told, <laughs> quote, we'd not be going home. We'd be digging our own graves before the day was out. Later, he said he was laughingly told, quote, welcome to your nightmare warning Travis not to talk to authorities under the threat that he would be killed and dumped back off on the highway where he had first been picked up hitchhiking. When one captive responded, quote, you're digging your own graves, as in like, no, you're the one that's, you know, like, you don't really, like, you'll never get away with this kind of thing. Right. You know, you're the one digging your own grave. Walter Jr. responded, quote, we don't bury them, we burn them. Oh, I kind of had to laugh at this because, like, it kind of sounds menacing, but it also, like, doesn't really answer the, like, statement or question. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just like, said a thing. It doesn't That's really just, make sense. Yeah. But, okay. Um, anyway, I, like, I gathered what his point was, but it, it's still kind of whatever. Uh, workers held as slaves at the ranch endured a variety of tortures. So some of these, um, what would soon, or some of this stuff would soon be known as uh, torture sessions is what everyone kind of called it and they were uh, even audio recorded wow um, on the tape voices can be heard begging someone named Robert to stop shocking them wow. a male voice uh, responds <laughs> this is so gross I like don't even want to read it um, tell Robert it feels good say it feels good I love to see the sparks fly <sighs> well wouldn't you know that Carlton Caldwell's middle name that I actually read he went by the majority of the time was Robert Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. And the sparks he was so fond of came from an, from the electric cattle prod on the property. 
Uh, the weapon was discovered when police finally entered and searched the ranch. The battery-operated device released up to 4,000 volts of electricity. So I have zero knowledge about amps, volts, watts, all that stuff. So I actually decided to look up, mm. like, what kind of situation we were dealing with here. Yeah. So I couldn't really find an exact answer because it's a little subjective to, like... Your pain tolerance. Well, or? no, just like the actual like thing itself, the prod itself, the okay. type of materials it's made out of, and like oh, the, okay. the watts depend on the volts and like back and forth. So, um, animal and like what's it, what it's used for, solar powered things like that. So in this case, this was supposedly used on their cattle, hypothetically. Basically, the website that I looked up said that cattle and specifically aggressive bulls, a thousand pounds or over, only need two thousand to three thousand volts. Oh wow! And animals like elk, llamas, wolves, and goats, and even smaller bears are the ones that need the four thousand volt prod because of their thicker hair. Uh, way yeah. too much for a human with exactly. like thin skin. I was going to say like the average size man. And then you tack on the fact that he's probably malnourished yes. and overworked. Definitely doesn't need 4,000 volts. No. So it's more than likely incredibly painful. And that could probably lend itself to some of the, like, brainwashing. Mm. Oh, God. Um, so moreover, Joyce would actually take guns and shoot uh, at stones and bottles placed near the men's feet to see how close she could get without injuring them. On occasion, the family showed up in the bunkhouses the workers lived in. Um, oh, sorry. On one occasion, they showed up in the bunkhouse and uh, they had a bag <laughs> containing uh, red jello and, a, and pieces of beef to instill fear that they um, in the prisoners like that. Basically, it held the remains of a, a person that said like they got smart, you know, uh, and it was like red jello doesn't look like <clears throat> blood. Yeah, no. Exactly. <laughs> Um, they were also made to write suicide notes to their families, wow. tie nooses, and dig ditches in preparation for their own graves. So, like, super traumatic. Um, I feel like what's more sad about that to me is that this family, they weren't going to mail that shit. You know no. what I mean? So, it's like, clearly they wouldn't give their address away and, like, mail these suicide notes right. out. They just, like, did it, and it probably just made their... It was a bigger mind fuck, basically, yeah. you know? Yeah, just to know. be sick for right, exactly. the sake of being sick. Um, so life for the abused captives on the Texas slave ranch was a never-ending nightmare. They slept chained in the dirt. Survivors reported being shackled at the end of each workday, being put to bed in a metal barn, like I mentioned before. They were denied pillows and blankets, and <clears throat> there were no bathroom facilities either, so they had to sleep in their own waste. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, one of the surviving victims, Mark Allen Hamilton, claimed that even some of the men participated in the torture of fellow prisoners. He specifically cited the case of 28-year-old Anthony Bates, who, due to a leg injury, was an- unable to partake in uh, some of the more arduous labor around the ranch. Mm. Um, in turn, Anthony was shocked by the cattle prod sometimes more than 30 times in one of these torture sessions, um, including shocks administered to his genitals and tongue. Oh, wow. Yeah. So horrifying. Anthony was originally from Alabama. He was left with only one eye after a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head a few years prior after a failing marriage and unsuccessful attempts to start over in California and Arizona. So it was a suicide attempt. Oh, my God. According to his mother. Um, He decided in 1983 he would venture off again and head to Texas. He had written a goodbye note to his mom about his plans, but she never heard from him again. Heard from him again until Kerrville police contacted her about her son. Um, you know when the raid happened in '86. 
Um, police believed, according to statements, that Anthony was picked up while hitchhiking, as usual, accepted a job at the ranch, but instead of a job, he was met with abuse, torture, and allegedly even rape. Ugh. Yeah. Um, he was picked up, or excuse me, picked on the family and other workers because of his temperament and his physical disability. So I mentioned earlier that he had an injured leg, right? While reports say that <clears throat> that Anthony had acquired this injury while working on the ranch due to an incident with... Cattle pride. A chainsaw. Oh, forgot about that aspect yeah. of it. Uh, an incident. Right, yeah. That left him uh, partially impaired. Jesus. Forever. But, yeah. Um, the family took out the majority of their aggression on Anthony. They forced him to strip naked, place a bar of soap in his mouth, always while standing in a creek near the home. The family would then inflict relentless hours of electric shock on his body. Um so just for fun, I thought I'd mention the side effects of electric shock of 500 volts or more. Okay, so he was, remember, he was getting uh, hit with 4,000 volts. So this is 500 volts or more. Okay? Oh, 500? Oh, Jesus. Th- these are just the side effects of what 500 would do to you. Okay? okay. Second and third degree burns to the skin and mouth, seizures, paralysis, severe long-lasting confusion, speech, vision, and hearing problems, permanent brain and spinal cord damage, limb deformity from broken bones, muscle damage that could require amputation, infection of the shock site, cardiac arrest, and death. Um, The torture finally ended one day when Anthony did die in February 1984 Mm. after a torture session. And according to statements, his body was just too weak and gave up. He would spend his last moments on the feces-covered floor of the bunkhouse the captive shared. After discovering Anthony's body, Carlton and the other workers would cover the remains in gasoline and begin to burn his body amongst other discarded items and trash. Carlton would later claim during his police interrogation he only took part in burning his body to actually avoid punishment by the family. Mm. I could kind of see that, yep. but I don't know. Uh, during Anthony's cremation, if you will, um, a cassette tape of Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire played, and his ashes were then scooped into two 55-gallon drums, which were later discarded in a nearby river. Wow. Quote, we used old inner tubes, cedar, and gasoline, Carlton said. We used cedar because it burns fast and strong. I knew what I was doing. I had options, but the guy was dead and there was no bringing him back. You can really hear the sympathy yeah. in his words. <laughs> um, a month after Anthony's murder, Carlton said that the family didn't need him as a foreman any longer, so they drove him into town, dropped him up, drop, dropped him off at a truck stop with 20 bucks. That's just crazy to me because it's like, in what world do you let go of a witness? And like, no. Yeah. And to is all this, this the guy craziness? that went to the police? No, 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 no. This is Carlton. This is the fucking foreman. So he didn't go to the police. No. What a piece of shit. Right. Okay. Travis was Not the guy on his that side went to the anymore. Yeah, okay. No. That's what I thought. Like, you don't let someone that witnessed all this horror just like leave because you didn't need him anymore. Like, I feel like the only thing I don't know that could cooperate that was like he partook partook yeah he was an accomplice <laughs> enough yeah like yeah he knew i can't rat out this family because i did shit too so he's gonna keep his mouth shut but, but like yeah you still can because you can say hey they tortured right, people right, right. like i was also why i did it yeah. yes um anyways he hitchhiked to san antonio found work at a restaurant at work he saw on tv the ranch being raided during april 1986 so he didn't do anything about anything um, the details of how the escapee Travis evaded the family are kind of unclear to me, but he said that um, after he managed to get away, he told a story to some travelers who picked him up, yet again, hitchhiking, and they suggested an anonymous tip to the police. So thank you for the nice hitchhiker people. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, so scary because that's, isn't it in 
maybe it's Texas Chainsaw or maybe I'm thinking of a Rob Zombie movie. I can't remember. There's probably tons of movies where person pick up yeah and then and they get, get picked, picked up, up by the and people it's an yeah. accomplice and it's just like this horror mm, happens yeah. all over again Ugh. um so travis would tell the police that during his brief stint on the ranch at one point while he was casually just chained to a tree <laughs> he asked joyce why they wanted to kill him she replied that her mother-in-law so walter jr's mother okay quote had run off with a hitchhiker he then said and so this is as far as I know, uh, this was the reasoning behind the whole ordeal. So if you break that statement down, he basically said that Joyce's husband, Walter Jr., was a bitch-ass mama's boy. Yeah. Like, who had repressed memories of his mom leaving. Yeah. You know, and, like, decided to take all these innocent people, mm-hmm. like, down through the whole thing. Like, I think that his father was probably just a fucking creep, and she realized her son was too, and then she bounced at the first car that, like, drove through town. Probably. <laughs> Um, like, anyway. how do you run off with a hitchhiker? They don't have a car. No, 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 no. She was hitchhiking. Oh. <laughs> well, oh, that's a good point. Ran off with a hitchhiker. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were getting their words mixed around. But maybe. Like, I mean, because they are very clearly morons. Maybe that she meant, like, she got picked up as a hitchhiker. Right. And like, ran off with someone. I don't okay. know. But still. Um, so, anyways, more than a dozen cassette tapes with about 40 hours of recorded torture sessions were seized. Why would you... Re- okay. I'm right. I don't know. As evidence during the raid, along with guns, machetes, an axe, knives, ropes, chains, padlocks, bone fragments, and the infamous cattle prod and business papers. All in all, in 1986, nine people were initially indicted. So, <laughs> sorry. I, I said indicted and it just reminded me of what happens. Um... Walter Sr., Walter Jr., Joyce Carlton, and five ranch workers uh, were all indicted. Mm-hmm. So Ron Sutton, who was the DA, th- DA at the time, prosecuted the family in Carlton. And the workers actually became state witnesses in exchange for immunity from prosecution. Ugh. So, but I mean, you got to think about it. They were in the same boat as the people that they tortured at one point, And they were probably just doing it to not get tortured. And you don't know That's what you're going to do in that kind of situation. Like, it sucks. I'm sure that they were mortified. But yeah. I don't know. I hate immunity. Like, just at least give them something. Probation. I don't know. Um, In an unexpected quote by D.A. Sutton, he says, They tortured a bunch of people, and it was unbelievable that stuff like that could happen. But on the other hand, the people running up and down the highway were gullible. Yeah. So he just victim, just brushed over the torture and murder and was like but you know you shouldn't have been hitchhiking you dummies like what yeah i was gonna let you have your second what a fucking I did the same dick oh okay he said it expanded my knowledge of humanity that good and bad can live side by side that's not bad that is straight up right. sadistic evil well, like hitchhiking yeah it's not a great idea but like it, it, I don't know. Motorcycle, like driving a motorcycle isn't a great idea, but right. because you get in a crash doesn't mean that like you asked for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Getting I in know. an Uber isn't a great idea. They're not gullible or right. something. Like, it, it's, know. You know, people do Existing what they have to do. Existing isn't a great idea. But, Basically, you know? yeah. Like these fucking A, man. Like these people just could have been, who cares if they were hitchhiking? Like they probably would have sought out people to do this shit to like mm-hmm. hanging out on a street corner, someone who was homeless. And they're like, I have a job for you. Like it's not gullible to think someone's but they picked those extending people up because an olive they branch. were transient and because yeah. they thought 
They're, no one would yeah. miss them. They're like the equivalent to sex workers, like male Ugh. equivalent equivalent of a, se- a female sex worker, at least. You know what I mean? Like you can't condemn the horrible acts that a group of people are doing, and then in the exact same breath, also oh, question you're, you're the stupidity of. You're gonna absolutely hate it. Great. Okay. <laughs> um. During the family's trial, a forensic anthropologist, Dr. Clyde Snow, testified that at least 11 charred bone fragments found on the ranch were human. Wow. Yeah. Dr. Snow said that he estimated the fragments were exposed to intense heat a few weeks to a few months before he examined them on uh, May 30th, 1984. Which, what? Why does he keep saying 84? 86. They got raided in 86. Well, maybe you were... Maybe you did speak correctly first. Like, they got raided in 84, and then it went to trial in 86. Yeah, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care to look it up, and I usually would, but these people suck dick, so it's fine. <laughs> Somewhere in the process of two years, all this happened. Yeah. Um, this would corroborate when Anthony, Anthony was killed in February, just a few months before. Okay. So, if the timeline's right. Um, the most dramatic moments in the trial, which was in its third week of testimony, came when the prosecution played those tapes Mm. uh, of the torture sessions that were recorded at home. Witnesses called to testify were uh, able to pick out the voices of Anthony, Carlton, and Walter Jr. Oh, wow. So, like, you got people that, like, recognize voices. That's a big thing. Uh, About 15 minutes uh, of the... About 15 minutes of the two and a half hours of tapes had been played in court when victim Anthony Bates can be heard shrieking and groaning as he is assaulted with a electric prod. Um, in the background, voices identified that as identifi- identified as that of the younger Walter Jr. and the former ran- ranch workers. Uh, you can hear them just like taunting him and just like egging it on and just narrating basically what's going on. Wow. So I'll read you some of the narration. The uh, tape begins with a person imitating a radio disc jockey saying, live from the bunkhouse, it's shock time. And then what and then they say time we take a station break. Basically, meaning they're about to go into the shock stuff. At another point, a voice can be heard saying scream louder. If you don't scream louder, you're going to wish you did again. What the fuck does that mean? Mm -hmm. But okay, it ends with a calm, almost serene voice saying it's time we take a station break. And now a word from our sponsors. Hot shot. So this is a brand, I had to look it up, of uh, the cattle prod that they used. Oh, okay. Hot Shot. And then they go into saying, having trouble with your neighbors? Try Hot Shot. For hours and hours of enjoyment, tie them up anywhere and shock the hell out of them. So, yes, he did say enjoyment in case you didn't hear that correctly. <laughs> Pretty fucked up, right? And I'm like just remembering that you said I'm not going to be happy with this outcome. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, how am I not going to be happy with this outcome? What could possibly go wrong in this court? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the trial takes a hard left turn when bizarre behavior depicted by counsel ranged from astonishing statements by the defense. Uh, he said it was some of the worst evidence I've ever seen. I thought we were totally screwed, basically saying that this was clearly his clients were on tape right. saying like, all this fucked up shit about okay, hotshot cool. whatever yeah trial's yeah. over basically um he said this was the craziest case i've ever had but these oh god i don't even want to say this but these were drifters and they were seen as less entitled to the benefits than the rest of us are fuck you i didn't know like we all know that sex workers are seen as the less than but mm drifters now too like basically anyone that you want to marginalize is seen right, as right. less than yeah yeah, just yeah whatever it's okay 
Uh, <laughs> the defense would... This actually took me back to Susan Wright's trial right now. Mm-hmm. So flashback, Susan Wright, Cassie covered her. her the prosecutors reenacted the murder on this mattress. I was waiting for the, something like this. Oh, my God. Okay. So the defense would replay the audio recordings of the torture sessions and reenact moments of the crime, having one of the attorneys shock himself with a battery-operated <laughs> cattle prod like the family used on the victims. That's a a little much isn't it though it's like you get to the point where like, it's what if he so, died wouldn't right. that like make a great point it's just so over dramatic that the jury might like that, that might it's take not needed. them it's yeah, not it, needed it could take them out of the horrors that they just heard like this guy just fucking shocked yeah. himself like is this really happening right now like you want to keep them in the moment distraction i don't know maybe oh wait the defense did that uh yeah. Why would the defense do that? Just to, to prove, prove that, that it wasn't someone wasn't gonna die from it, and it wasn't that painful. What a piece of shit! That should not have been allowed. That should not have been allowed. What, did he shock himself with five thousand volts? I think not. Like, I don't know. what the fuck was just du- judge but we doing? We also saw people tie up people on a mattress and like reenact a weird sex game. But the judge said that that had to be thrown out. He let it happen, right? And then he was like, "Everyone forget you saw that," which was stupid. But like. We're not men in black. I yeah. can't just, like, put that thing up to your eyes. What happens in Texas courts? I don't know, man. All right. So articles on their verdicts and sentencing kind of varied. So I'll just list the most common thing that I read. Um, Joyce would never actually stand trial or have to testify. <laughs> Walter Sr. was given probation. Walter Jr. would remain free due to his time served. and. Time- he- he got 15 years, but because of time served and, like, all of his appeals getting approved, he just ended up with, like, mandatory supervision. What the fuck? And Carlton was sentenced to 15 years, but only served less than two. I know. I know. So these people are out free. Uh-huh. Yeah. These people that tortured and kept slaves and... And had bones found on their... And had multiple witnesses, had audio recordings. Like, isn't... Isn't that like that's beyond enough evidence? Yeah, these are the type of people that like I say, yeah, maybe maybe clear them off, maybe give them yeah. the chair. Like we don't need these genes running right. around. Like, yeah, what the fuck? So the general opinion of the jury and the entire town was that no one could believe that this was happening and not know about it. Um. So yeah, even there's. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, so, like I said, even with like burned human remains, all the witnesses. Um, I just don't know how anybody could do that. They just seem like just wonderful people of God. And because of the fact that I stated earlier, you know, they were just drifters. Right. So, yeah. No lie, after this point, I really kind of stopped caring to look up stuff on the family because I was so annoyed. I don't know if anyone died, where they died, where they moved to. Um, like I've said before, I usually do care about the offenders and like the psychology. But if no one's going to care about these victims, then I'm not going to give a shit about the offender. So maybe I'm a hypocrite, but this family was just draining me. So uh, lastly, before I give my super brief questions and theories situation, I'll read a poem collected as evidence allegedly written by either a victim or possibly Walter Jr. It hasn't been determined, but either way, it's really sad. It's called The Shack. I know a place where they have a shack. When you say shack, you think of a broken down building, but this is not a broken down building at all. The shack is black all over. It is not burnt. It's not painted black. That's just its natural color. Well, if you're, th- if you're through guessing, I'll tell you. 
This shack is commonly known as a tube shack. Why? Because it's made of tubes. Yes, inner tubes. No, you're not crazy. No, you're not dreaming. Yes, you are wide awake. Yes, you are now in the twilight zone where there is no escape, where your night, where your nightmare be, be, <laughs> becomes reality. So just relax and enjoy for here is where you will spend the rest of your life. So I struggled reading that because this person, whoever it was, doesn't know how to write. Mm. Um, they didn't know like through or thought like he or okay. like he spelled through with a T on the end. Like it just in like the you and the yours thing. It didn't make sense. So that's why okay. I kind of struggled with that. But basically, I'm assuming he was talking about the burn pit of the yeah. inner tubes that were used to get rid of the dead bodies in. So sad in general, whoever wrote it. But um Questions and theories. This whole town, family, judge, jury, and council was fucked. Yeah. Rest in peace, All Anthony Bates. All 96 people. Yeah. It's um, fucking shit. I feel like their huge lack of punishment was a huge slap in the face to those dead and alive. Mm-hmm. And personally, I just suggest that everyone involved should have a date with that cattle prod. Yeah. No lube. Nope. So, I mean, if you think that you can't imagine something like this happening, like you should just get it should just be ignorance. passed around the town. That's it ignorance. is like, like, oh, they were so nice. And like, that's why I brought up like they pitied them and they thought they were just kind of weird. Right. And they didn't want to deal with it. Or they were like, oh, they're just kind of like the hill country folk. Like, we're just going to leave them alone. Like, no. these are the type of people that they're they, they just so deep seated in their ignorance and intolerance because it doesn't affect them. It mm-hmm. doesn't like. How, they kept saying, like, how they couldn't have happened because we would have known about it. And no, it's like, you wouldn't have. How did you not know about it? Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I, how, like, no one has ever visited. No one right. has ever, like, they're, that's true. They and the do people, fucking tours of the ranch now for Christian camps. I mean, <sighs> that's why I read that at the beginning. Family Christian things. Like, anyway. is the entire town complicit? Did the entire town, like, know something fucked up was going on? Like, this could be a town of people that think slavery in general should still be legal, you know? This could just be a bunch of racist KKK podunk fuckers, like... Yeah, and see, like, I don't know what race Anthony was. I don't know if they picked up just Hispanic people, if they picked up white people. Like, I don't know. They doesn't give me information on that. And so I I, honestly feel like if it was white people, the DA wouldn't have said the thing he said. If it was a white... Maybe, yeah. If it was white victims, they probably would have cared more because... And I know that Alabama the, is predominantly African-American, so maybe Anthony was. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. And it's just fucking A, dude. Like... Yeah. I, 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 I don't... I, I was angry. Like, I said, yeah. I don't like... It. it was terrible. Normally, there was some resolution in some of the stuff that we talk about. There is resolution or something that we can kind of rationalize, but this was just so bad on... You think, oh my God, this is so terrible. Maybe it'll get fixed in court. But no. No. Probation time served and barely two years like and that means this entire town of people thought that Mm. okay well whatever they didn't do it so they were just okay with the idea of them right coming back yeah and i don't know what happened to them after like i said so i don't know if they just like reestablished some shit elsewhere and like started killing again i don't know it's just they should be embarrassed as like a town but yeah like if that if the anyone that lived in that town happened to be like your grandfather or mm-hmm. your young mother and no, i guess young children they don't count but like family yeah yes. like you should tell them that they suck and they should or you know maybe there was one lone person in the town like hi excuse me yeah excuse travis me. boyd i think exactly but <laughs> 
fucking seems like everybody else, like an entire jury can just say, it just nah, it didn't happen. If it's the okay. people, if that family in that town was capable of doing this stuff, I'm kind of not surprised that the jury was as stupid and ignorant as they were. That's true. You know? That's true. Like, no offense, but like all the offense. All of the offense. Because it, it's, that's just. Yeah. Fucking nine psychopaths. Or wait, 11? Nine. No, there was just the family. They had the nine because the workers well, took right, right, part, right. but we don't really know It's why. bad enough that the workers got like full immunity. Like, why even give them immunity for the participation or cooperation if you aren't going to even give sentences to the family? Right. That's a good point. I mean, I'm still on the side of that. Like, at one point, they were probably brainwashed into doing this. And yes. so I yeah. have to kind of have that in the back of my mind. That's true. But also, yeah, if you're if you probably know you're not going to do jack shit with these people, then why? I mean, I don't know. Why even do that? And like, I wrote down like, why? I know the police live in this town, but like, well, now I'm thinking other things. Like, why wasn't the FBI called in? You have well, and like torture and slavery. Like, I don't think the police work was poorly done by any means. I think that they came in after this rando guy calls and said, "Hey, I think these people are killing people and they're captive there." Mm-hmm. If they called the re- if he called the regular police department, they would have been like, "Oh no, son, you're you're joking." You know, that's true. So they, he must have called that someone family. significant. And they came in, they got all the evidence, they got all the audio. Like, they did a good investigation, but it was the trial that no one cared about. Why didn't these police, like, aren't there things that you can charge people on that are mandatory minimum sentences? Like, I feel like there were a ton of counts these people were eligible for. And I mean, like, you can charge them with whatever you want, but it doesn't mean that they're going to get convicted and sentenced. Fucking A, you know? it's so... That's so backwards. Like, Absolutely. the system is put into place for a reason, and it protects people for a reason. But when it fails, like, we've seen it so many times, it fails hard. <laughs> they could have at least done kidnapping. I don't yeah, know. Something. Anything. They could have at least taken the fucking nine-year-old child away and at least given that child a chance. Like, th- th- that is when the foster system, mm. the, how was CPS not involved? Like, there's a fucking child living here, and... Mm, there are bones found like are you yeah, kidding me very true there are bones found like 84 bones. like they could have waited however long it would be to get that stuff tested but i mean did they yeah was it anthony bates was it someone else and why would there be know. human bones on someone's property and the whole town is still just kind of like nah they did that we would have known they followed protocol enough to go get an actual doctor to analyze this right. stuff I want more information. Mm-hmm. I want more articles, but I can't find anything. And I think that that's terrible. Maybe I didn't do enough research, but no. I feel like I did my best. And like if I had six months to delve in <laughs> and go to libraries and shit, I could probably find stuff. But this is the probably one of the worst cases of yeah. injustice that we've ever talked about, in my Absolutely. opinion. Because it was just nothing was done. And it's possible that this is maybe an embarrassment to the town now so maybe there aren't a lot of articles written about it or a lot of information public like there's just fucking they don't want you to be able to Mm -hmm. really delve into how these murderers and torture masters fucking got off like this is a movie was inspired after this i don't think it was inspired i think it was just what people journalists were labeling as like a texas chainsaw massacre you know thing close enough to the plot of movies like this and Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, by the way, the ending of the movie is going to make everyone murder each other in the theater because no one gets in trouble for this. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. I wrote um, 
just as a insult to Texas, because I feel like Texas, we think that we're better than everyone. No. So no. I wrote, um, the next time anyone makes fun of Arkansas or Mississippi for spawning dumb fuck, white trash, inbred, uneducated, ignorant, backwoods idiots, they should take a minute to remember this family and the people of Mountain Home, Texas. <laughs> Thank you for ruining my favorite fictional killer and his psychotic family. So, yeah. That's all I had to say. Wow. Do you have anything yeah. else to say? No, oh, fuck Mountain Home, Texas in 1986. There it is. Or 1984, if we don't know. Studio wants to bridge the gap between style and function with their fashionable take on high-tech headphones, like with their model, The Regent. They don't think that you should have to compromise fashion for quality, and that's why they provide products matching the standard of top-rated headphones with modern Scandinavian designs, all for a fraction of the cost and free worldwide shipping. Plus, our listeners will receive 15% off any purchase with code HALLOWEEN. So show your support for this podcast and get 15% off your studio headphone purchase by visiting sudio.com and using code HALLOWEEN. So that was horrifying and angering. So let's move on to... Angering? Angering. Yeah, but for different reasons. That's not a word. That's my point. Oh. I can't. I don't need to say that. Yes, it is. Angering is a word. This is one of my favorite parts of our podcast because googling. Well, yeah, because we both highly and seriously question words that are absolutely words, but we've convinced ourselves over time. Not speculatory. (laughs) God. (laughs) So this is the murder of Virginia Ginger Freeman. Um, That was her. She went by Ginger. Ginger was yeah. uh, She went by Ginger. (laughs) <laughs> no, my dad had a, I think, cousin named Ginger. Oh. And I always really liked her, so. I, I like that name. I didn't know if that was short for Virginia or if that was, like, a thing, whatever. I think it is short for Virginia Ginny, in this Ginger. case. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But Ginger always makes me think of, a, like, a, just a really sweet, motherly person. Just, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, kind. For sure. So, Virginia Freeman, known by her friends as Ginger, was born in Gatesville, Texas in 1941. Um, Ginger graduated from Baylor in 1964 and married her, what I assume is her high school sweetheart. They grew up together. Um, She married Charles Freeman in August of that same year, so 1964. Um, They lived in North Dakota for a few years while Charles served in the Air Force, but moved back to Texas in 1970, um, the College Station area particularly. So we'll go back and forth a little. Brian, College Station, they are one in the same, really. So super close. Very close. Um, This is the city that A&M is in and Blinn. So College Town, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so the couple had two children, Betsy and Brad. Forensic Files. So cute, yeah. <laughs> and Ginger worked as a real estate agent. Um, Ginger was also very active in her church. She taught Sunday school. She was a Girl Scout and Cub Scout leader. She Aww. served on her kids' school district vocational advisory council. She was active with the Red Cross and helped international students um, kind of acclimate and stuff at A&M. So the gem of all gems. She's a wonderful woman. Damn. Very selfless. Very involved. Yeah. Um, she loved camping, hiking, and helping others. Badass bitch. Yeah. She was 40 years old when she died, and her murder has never been fa- murderer has never been found. So on December 1st, 1981, at about 3 p.m., a call came in to the real estate real estate mart in Bryan, and it was Ginger's turn on rotation. Okay, so that's kind of how they did selling houses out there or whatever, which yep. is like your 
like a tattoo shop like hey it's your client exactly uh, who walks through the door it's your turn okay yep Got it. yeah just kind of like a restaurant tattoo uh-huh. shop rotation okay. yeah exactly so this particular customer on the phone expressed interest in a rural secluded home kind of out on the outskirts of the college station area and he said he had seventy three thousand dollars in cash to pay for it red flag yes but at this time it was a real estate agent's dream to have someone want to oh, see cash. a particular yeah. house, already have the cash yeah. for it, boom. So she was really excited. It was said that the caller had a country-sounding accent, and that's really all we know about this caller. So Ginger went home to tell her husband and two children that she'd be showing one last house um, for the day, and then she'd be returning home to get ready for a party that she and Charles were going to later that evening. Um, police believe that she was killed very shortly after arriving at the home at 3.30 p.m. The doors to the home were actually still locked. So I saw one article saying that the home had already been sold and Ginger didn't know. But either way, Ginger didn't have time to assess anything. She arrived at the scene and was promptly murdered. They didn't go into the house? Did not go into the house. This happened, I believe, in the front yard. Either front yard or just into the backyard. Okay. So... Wow. Yeah. That's kind of really quick. Risky as yeah. well. Well, while you were out in the boons. So. Yeah, it was secluded. There were a bunch of overgrown trees in the area around the house. So it. That's sneaky. It was very well chosen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So Ginger was struck in the back of the head, seemingly by a piece of concrete. She was stabbed repeatedly. She was strangled so roughly that it broke her neck, and she was also raped. <gasps> She was found later that evening when her worried husband and one of her co-workers went to the home she had been showing to look for her, and they found her and saw everything. Immediately after this, protocol changed for realtors to ensure their safety. Um, basically, people had to come to the office first. Mm-hmm. They had to, this had to is when and... the ID situation started yeah. happening, you know, just basic safety measures that people didn't think about in the early 80s, which yeah. is so crazy. So... That's one good thing that came out of this. Um, Further incidents like this were possibly prevented because Mm -hmm. basic safety measures were taken. Um, But this crime shocked the College Station and Bryan community. And nobody knew who did it. Nobody. So countless leads have been followed by the Brazos Valley County officers. um, And most of them have gone to no avail so the police this is one this is a rare unsolved case where we can uh, say that the police did absolutely everything they could have and should have and they continue to so it's a really good you know like kudos to brazos valley pd mm-hmm. um so all suspects were questioned and cleared so they used dna evidence um, testing to clear charles they spoke with countless people she didn't know mm-hmm. countless people she did know um basically going with every thread they could find until that person was time and time again cleared 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 um there was enough dna evidence collected around the scene and on gender's body to link the killer if ever found conclusively so similar to the golden state killer case mm-hmm. they have enough dna compiled that if this person is ever dinged or ever arrested anything dinged. they will get him so yeah. it's just insane that they haven't found this person it's not just like a smudged fingerprint it's like full-on it's full-on yeah. under her nails um, oh, showing a struggle like there was a i think i go into i do go into it a little further okay, but they have good dna cool. um 
So police think that this is a serial killer from out of town um, with some familiarity to the area. So they believe that this person scouted it but was a transient killer. Some of the suspects in this were murderer, serial killer, Henry Lee Lucas. Oh, fuck that guy. He was cleared. (laughs) Coral Watts, who was a Houston area serial killer, cleared. Timothy Kime, who killed a Beaumont real estate agent, mm. cleared. Jerome Cruz, um, who was a counterfeiter who used to, uh, it was in another state, um, but what he would do is lure female real estate agents to different houses, whatever, um, and give them fake checks. So mm. they thought maybe this guy had escalated, okay. which is like great police work yeah he was out of state in 81 like, yes like, or however long still the 80s most likely when they found that out so, yeah, yeah like we have one case in the 80s that just completely got fucked up and wow. this case where it's like the police did their fucking mm-hmm. shit and okay and that was it well that was the the notable the main, suspects yeah. so these were either cleared by proving that they were not in the area at the time or by dna evidence so conclusively it was none of these motherfuckers there was also a sketch um, but it was from only one woman who was in the area around that time. She was a bus driver and placed under hypnosis for, I believe it was three hours. But they were trying to get a clearer sketch. At the time and up until 2013, no, 2003, I want to say, three or four, um, the sketch had never been released because police did not want to yeah. discount any other suspects that might, you know, the public might bring forth because... It was one person, and it wasn't a very concrete, Mm -hmm. like, that definitely looks like a specific guy. It's just, you know, general white male situation. This sketch has now been released in 2017. Um, Officer Kirk, or Sheriff Kirk, from who is now handling the case in Brazos Valley um, Sheriff's Department, he has released the sketch and a progression, and we'll put that on our Instagram. So that's good. They finally, they're like, you know what? It's been enough time. We want yeah, to Yeah, I was going to say, you, her. he might be a white guy, but I mean, 80s, you have different hairstyles. You have different exactly. facial hair. You have different weight, yeah. you know, so that's good. They said at the time that this sketch was given, um, there wasn't enough good technology to really make it a yeah, viable sketch. And now they've used updated technology. So, yeah, they were able to composite a better face and then age that face as well. So in the year 2000, Texas Ranger Frank Malinak began working on the cold case. Um, He started from scratch and redid absolutely everything. Um, He re-interviewed everyone. He retraced the steps. He went to the scene. He did everything over, hoping something would break. Um, He and Brazos Valley Sheriff Department investigator continue to work on this, continued to work on this case as of 2004 when the um article i was reading was written Mm -hmm. and that has obviously continued into 2017 they're still actively pursuing this case and any leads um and they say it's just a very frustrating case um they say okay yeah so the dna they have collected was under her fingernails Mm -hmm. like i said insinuating there was a massive struggle and she fought for her life cigarette butts found at the scene and a footprint that did not match Ginger's or her husband or co-workers that came so to the found scene. the shoe, maybe? They, they found the, f- the shoe print. But could they narrow down maybe what shoe it was or anything like that? I, I feel like with the work they've done, they probably yeah. tried to do that, and it might have been just, just a such common a shoe. Just a generic, yeah. yeah, sold everywhere kind of thing. 
So wow. those cases, you don't get luck- that lucky. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right. And that's what. And with that much information. I don't think. It might be in one of the other quotes. Um, was there semen? I did not read that there was semen. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I, I read guess, that she was all... sexually assaulted, and I hate when people put that. Yeah, so I always say rape. rape. She was raped, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure if there was semen. I feel like if there was, I would have read something about it. So probably not. I mean, 80s and 90s, people kind of got smarter and yeah. wore condoms. But... I mean, this guy was obviously seasoned because he, he chose an area yeah. that he knew well enough, but that like nobody said, knew him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if he knew that she was the one that was going to take the call, too. Police think that if she hadn't taken the call, whoever did would have been the victim. They do not believe that she was specifically targeted. Um, So there's that. Not that, like, all women are real estate agents. Men are. But I wonder, like, if it whoever was next or before was a man, that would have been an interesting tidbit because it's like maybe he was like, I don't want to take a man down. Mm -hmm. And he was just out to kill. So it was like. Yeah, he probably was relying on the the hope that female yeah yeah. um police actually are so frustrated with this case because they have so much evidence Mm. they have so much dna they have everything they would need to convict someone and they just can't find any viable leads anyone it's almost worse than not worse than but it's almost just as bad as not having any evidence exactly yeah just as frustrating yeah because you're just like this this we have it all we should we should be able to do this Yeah. yeah Um, so from 2002 to 2004, five potential suspects had been cleared. Oh, wow. So they were still finding people that they thought could be linked to this. In um, what way? Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, no, no. It's okay. They just going down every avenue, okay. people that might have been in the area at the time committing okay. crimes or had once or, you know, just yeah. anyone they could find a link to. Gotcha. Um, so the DNA evidence is in a national database and in a FBI database with the killer's profile that the FBI made. Um, similar crimes committed actually flag it and are looked into. So if anyone... Excellent. Exactly. They are doing their due diligence. Wow. Like this Makes is, up for my case. It makes up really well. Like, they are, they are on this shit. Um, investigators are hopeful and confident that it will one day be solved. And this is one of the major cases for the Brazos Valley Sheriff Department in the cold case division that are they're aiming to solve. Um, the Texas Ranger I mentioned earlier, yeah. he worked for the cold case division yeah, of the Texas Rangers. So this is and will be a priority. Now we go into super sad stuff. Um, so I'm going to read some words from her husband, Charles Freeman. Um, I don't know which order I'm going to. I'm going to read these first. So... And this is mostly a direct quote from one of the sources that we will post. Um, it's really the main source. It's from an archived Eagle, the Eagle article. Oh, the so, paper. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So finding the person who committed the murder would bring relief to the family, he said, Charles, because at least then they would know justice had been served. Um, the Freeman family is not out for revenge, just fairness and perhaps some closure. Closure. He also works to keep Ginger Freeman's memory alive. In October of 2000, um, Charles wrote a letter to his grandsons, Jacob and William, to let them know about the grandmother who died more than a decade before they were born. At the time he wrote the note, Jacob was eight and William was five. Um, I want to tell you about an important person in your lives that you never met. The letter started. Mm. I know. I'm going to cry. Um, her name is Grandmother Ginger. Gigi. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would call her. Yeah. Um, He told them how she loved all people and how important the church and her family were to her. 
He told them about her hobbies and her life, and he told them that he knew the two of them would grow up to be fine men. Be Oh, my God. Ugh, fine men because there was a part of her inside them. Jeez. Um, we're all poor because Grandmother Ginger is not living with us, he wrote. She would have loved you as only a grandmother can love her grandsons. She would have had long talks with you, hugged you, made cookies for you, read stories to you, invited you to spend the weekends and vacation in our home, gone on long walks with you, and done many other good things that granddaddies are not very good at thinking of. <laughs> in a sense, Grandmother Ginger is living with us now because each of you is a part of her. Um, That's so nice to hear a husband say that about his wife. You know yeah. what I mean? And he had since uh, remarried. And he he mentioned something um, in one of the interviews that I read that his current wife or his you know wife after mm-hmm. Ginger was constantly updated on progress in the crime and she mm-hmm. cared about it you know. That's great. Um, so until Charles's death in 2007, he said he thought of Ginger every day. Um, Ginger sang all the time. She was loving and wonderful and you know of course dearly missed so it's really fucking sad that her husband died before anyone was found for this murder it's just heartbreaking Jeez. but she still has two children and grandchildren that i'm you know would yeah they're absolutely love like, to i don't want to know right <laughs> like they they want this case solved still so wow. questions and theories on my part are going to be kind of short um because i think that the police did everything right they they, i mean everything they could have and they're still doing everything they could do so if you know we're going to post the composite sketch and if that is someone that looks like you know your long lost uncle or you know just it's interesting to like again very much like it's just something that's been unsolved for not to that extent but still terrible what is it 30 almost 40 years now A, a killer is He's free. He's just free. Um, I wrote, it's probably a transient. Um, oh, yeah. And then I wrote, you know, Golden State Killer was caught. So maybe this guy will be too one day. Yeah, definitely. You know? I mean, we kept thinking, like I was going to say, we mentioned, we talked about Michelle in, I think it was episode eight. Hmm. And we were wow. talking about her and the book and just like, oh, my gosh, I hope it gets solved. And so it's it's weird because you say that stuff in your head. And in the back of my mind, now listening back to that episode, it was like I almost didn't believe he was going to get caught. You can hear right. the doubt in our voices, kind yes, of. Yes, I'm sure. And so I don't want people to doubt in other cold cases because you yeah. just don't know. And not that we're doing any sort of work, anything no. close to Michelle or no. what oh. great investigative writers do, but me, you know, we're at least talking about. We're it. talking about it. Like these cases are important to talk about and not forget. Like. I hope that the Bryan College Station community was privy to these sketches being released because that's, you know, just you would spreading the word around as much as possible. Possibly one day could get this sack of shit caught. And I'm sure he's responsible for murders all over the South or the country even, you know. But is he, though? Because it seems like he would have been caught if that's the case. If they, yeah. those others were found and reported. But the Golden State Killer was... Well, I guess, yeah, there's no DNA that links him to other crimes that I read of. Right, right, so. But it's like, I know that it seemed transient because it was a one-off type thing and you don't change your motive or how you do things when it was so specific like that. Mm-hmm. So it makes you think it was someone local because yeah. of how meticulous it was. But, like, 
you would think that they would have had another similar situation. Another right. murder. The town is small-ish, not super small, but it, there's a lot of people there because it is a massive college town. But mm-hmm. it's like you would think you'd live there. You think maybe you were a professor or a mm-hmm. student or a business owner that knew about these homes, knew about the real estate agency. You just don't. I don't know. You have to know and stay there long enough to mm-hmm. know that this is the main real estate agency mm-hmm. or one of. This is a, this is how they operate. They call you, house. send one yep. out. Yeah, you have to scout out the house. Like, <laughs> what if it was the fucking person that used to live there? What if it was the person that fucking bought the house? Supposedly, she thought that it had been sold. Yeah. Did they talk to those people? I we hope so. I fucking hope so. And, and what if, like, I that made me think of the way he. It's almost like a call girl type situation. Mm-hmm. Like he called the realtor, a girl went out, a yeah. woman went out. And so that makes me like since similar similar crimes haven't led to anything or haven't there's no other DNA linkage to any other crimes that I could find. It's like maybe this guy was killing the less dead, you know, maybe he was killing sex workers, maybe and you know he Yeah. did a foray into call like I hope they Escalated to more substantial, mm-hmm. if you will, humans. <laughs> and that's, I mean, College Station and Brian are small towns, but they're big enough that you couldn't you go around to every. Yep. And a lot of victims available yep. to you. And you couldn't go around to every single person and be like, did you have a family member out of right. visiting from out of town? Yeah. Did you? Like, it's just. Because you, you, so many of those students are from out of state, you mm. know. But it's just like, there has to be something there there's someone out there someone knows something you know it's just it's Uh, yeah you would want to know if there were more murders regardless of real estate regardless of Mm -hmm. home you know being in a yard whatever the actual situation you would want to know was there another murder a few weeks after months after years after even just close enough before this database was able to be collected like to see if something just went unnoticed this I, I i'm like totally with the investigators on this like i feel confident that one day it will be solved so yeah both terrible horrible crimes for different reasons and very yeah. frustrating both of them for different reasons so we hope that one day the town of mountain whatever <laughs> mountain home mountain home just mountain gets Dew. incorporated into like a bigger better town and like all their old ways are burned I just want the town to be burned. Yeah. The picture on their website is just like this like grody old gas station that they like tried to make look like, oh, it's like historic. Really kitschy. Like, yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. It's just gross. I hope Ginger's family one day gets some yeah. tiny, tiny, tiny. I mean, there's no real closure, but just uh, and the able hope to that, turn the page yeah. to another chapter. Like Because fuck. if the biggest serial killer in the country can be solved after what close to 50 years yeah. now then it can be solved then yeah you know that's hope enough i agree I so. yeah. fuck you mountain home <laughs> so i guess uh that's it for us yeah. today we'll that's... um we'll invite you guys to join us next week for episode 25 <laughs> special invitation next week wink wink yeah. don't um, forget to uh on. keep an eye out for the facebook event and all of the posting we'll be doing about the really cool, fun mm-hmm. meetup slash fundraiser slash pint night slash celebration. Just all out great evening. Slash, 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 Yeah. For new lady friends and nice and man men, friends. Yeah. 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 
if you guys want to donate to our PayPal, it's paypal.me, uh, something like that. Texas1031 podcast slash paypal.me. I don't know. I'll post yeah. it in the show notes. It's fine. Read the show We're notes. We're going to post all of our links to our sources as well, mm-hmm. uh, where you can find us on our, all of our social media, our website, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. So Check out Instagram for, for photos, photos on these cases. Texas1031podcast.com. Yeah, all the things. Yeah. Self-promo, self-promo, self-promo. And we haven't gotten any reviews or ratings in a while. I and I thought we had. I thought we got, like, a couple new ones last week. I, I think know. we got just, like, ratings, but no, like, typey stuff. But I have two things that I want to say. Oh, okay. One, we texted about this the other day. We were both wrong. It was not Jennifer Lawrence in that fucking movie. It was Haley Bennett. They look Sorry. a lot they alike. They look fucking identical. Yeah. Second of all, we broke 10,000 listeners. <gasps> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so on Podbean, it only says so many, but we are combining it with our SoundCloud listens or whatever downloads. Yay. So finally, it's it's become a thing. It's become a yeah. Like yeah. thank you guys, we really fucking appreciate it. And yeah. if you want to drop us a review, something, we will mention you on the podcast and you know give you a super accurate high five For if sure. you come to the event <laughs> through the wavelengths high five it yeah. just it, it's saddening sometimes because we i feel like we love this and yes. we try and do our best at this and it's hard to see not like in a jealous way of seeing other podcasts excel and succeed you know when they have like five episodes and we're almost on our 25th mm-hmm. but it is disheartening a little bit yes. so we appreciate you guys uh, jumping on the bandwagon or whatever yeah because it really makes us, us wonder like what we're doing wrong if we're doing anything wrong if people really care about the people we're talking about and the victims so it's just yeah it's cool to see those numbers rise a little bit and know that somebody out there is listening yeah now we, can, <laughs> we can change it from no one's listening to someone someone's listening yeah um, and that yeah. someone is you and we love you very much do we i do i'll speak for both of us right, <laughs> uh yeah we'll be back next week with more texas true crime and if anyone's li- if someone's listening someone's listening happy, happy halloween, halloween. <laughs>